As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Hour two coming at you from coast to coast. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live at our VSIN studio at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Our guy Michael Lombardi out east in Jersey at his office. And I was going to open the hour by saying happy 4th of July. But not so happy anymore, Michael. We just received the news that, unfortunately, it appears Joey Chestnut will not have the opportunity to win a ninth straight and 16th overall. Nathan's annual hot dog eating contest as it has been canceled due to inclement weather. I do not accept this, Michael. I don't understand. So is it a are we going to reschedule for tomorrow or is it just canceled period? I think it's just canceled period. I haven't seen any other reports otherwise. And producer Steph was saying during the commercial break, like this is a hot dog eating contest. Can we not bring it inside? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, they're all ready to go. I mean, everybody's warmed up. People have placed their bets and, you know, and we're ready to go. You know, I'm sure you're going to be able to get refunds on all this. But to me, yeah, why can't we go inside? I understand you don't want to deal with lightning and all that outdoors, but doesn't the show have to go on? You would think, and I understand from like a broadcast ESPN standpoint that you there's going to be like a lot of wired cameras and setup that you're not going to have available to you, but they've got RF and handheld cameras. Like bring it inside. The truck's going to stay where yeah. the truck is. They like, let's make this work. Give the people what they want. I am very I upset about this. I am too. I mean, th- you know, we've put all this time and effort into it, analyzing hot dogs and getting Joey ready for the competition. What's Joey going to do now? I mean, it, how you mad, know, how he... mad are you? If you're one of these people that this is like your moment every cleansed? year. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my I gosh. Mean, that yes. You've the cleansed? cleanse. The cleanse. So bad. Um, I'm I'm devastated. I'm sure that our founding fathers are rolling in their graves, that they were lo- looking forward to, you know, looking down and, and watching the contest as well. So this is unfortunate. If we learn any more information about a potential rescheduling or moving the event, we'll let you know. But as of right now, canceled due to inclement weather out there in Coney Island. 
The women's competition was able to get finished earlier this morning. Mickey Sudo did take home a ninth straight mustard belt of her own. So she was able to get that done. A little bit of a closer competition than we've seen in the past. 39 and a half hot dogs down for her. She was going for her own personal record. She wanted 50, but the humidity appeared to be too much. So weather impacting our women's competition as well, despite the competition being able to go on. So uh, that is not the way that I wanted hour two to begin, but that's what we got to do, unfortunately, today. Question for you, Stormy. Like if if you're running this event and you're looking at the satellite and you know weather's coming like why did you, you could tape the i mean we could have just put it on and said it was taped the late earlier I, I don't understand why they just didn't do it i agree especially because i know at least to an extent they did that last year some way in some way shape or form because we talked about it earlier in the show when that protester came up um and like impacted the competition and joey chestnut like had him in a headlock last year midway through they, I didn't see that in the initial broadcast when I was watching it quote-unquote live. So you knew that, like, something was off a little bit there that we only saw it on social media later. So I feel like there was the opportunity to do that. I don't know why they wouldn't have. Um, I mean, the buns are going to be soggy anyways. If it's raining, that just saves them extra time from having to dunk it in water, in my mind. let The, sh- the show <laughs> yeah. must go on in What are they going to do with all these hot dogs now, Stormy? <laughs> I mean, they've made all these hot dogs. They better give them away. I feel they've like, made yeah. made all these dogs. You would probably just give them away to everybody that was in the crowd, Why like, not? cheering it on. But unfortunate start here to hour two. That said, Michael, we yeah. have been doing a, uh, a segment here every day this you know, last couple of weeks now and trying to move it forward, just gauging what's on your mind this off season. And sometimes it's philosophical. Sometimes it's nuts and bolts. Sometimes it's fun. It just depends on what's going through your mind on the given day. So what do you have for us today? What's on Michael's mind? Well, well, today I think is as we celebrate our independence and our founding fathers sitting up there in Philadelphia in that, uh, in that hall and signing the declaration. And certainly, you know, we should feel privileged to live in such a great country and have our freedom. But we also have traditions unlike any other, like the hot dog eating contest. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have Fourth of July barbecues that we honor all all of those that we live here. We'll have fireworks tonight. But I, I want to ask you, since you're a foodie, to me, the biggest debate is you're at a picnic Fourth of July. Are you going coleslaw or are you going potato salad? I feel like you're going to hate this answer. I am not a fan of either, particularly. You don't like mayonnaise. So, no, I do. I do. I just, potato salad, the potatoes are always, like, a little bit hard and wonky, I feel like, in there. And then, plus, if, yeah, they're left out in the hot baking sun on a, a barbecue day. But both both potato salad and coleslaw are cold items by nature. You know, they're not meant to be left out in the sun, so that's a little bit difficult. This is just going to show also how white trash I am. The only coleslaw I actually <laughs> like is uh, from KFC. I like Don't their sweet. Don't tell me that. You I and like Al their Davis. sweet coleslaw. You and Al Davis. Hey, you and Al Davis. Like, he would have lunch when he had KFC. He'd have to have the coleslaw. Of course, he was a fan of mayonnaise, so, you know, he loved mayonnaise in any form. He would put mayonnaise on shrimp cocktail, believe that or not. Okay. I know that sounds gross, but that, he that, dipped yeah, it in. Yeah, you lost I mean, me there. <laughs> well, I didn't lose you. He did. I mean, I did. I had to watch him eat it. It wasn't pretty. You know, it wasn't one of my favorite things. But I think these debates over Fourth of July, like what constitutes a truly traditional American Fourth of July picnic? You know, you know, the Italian in all of us wants to have tomatoes and mozzarella mm. and you know and all that. But you have to have potato salad. You have to have coleslaw. I'm a I'm a believer in coleslaw because I think it has more pliability to it. If you want to put it on a sandwich, if you want to have it with. Whereas the potato, to me, is like 
you're sitting there, you're going to eat the potatoes. <laughs> and sometimes the, it limits the amount of beer you could possibly drink if you do that. That's true. You've got the starch aspect there with the coleslaw, more pliability. You can put it on anything. You can use it as a side. You can use it as a as a marquee item. I like it. I like where you're going yeah. with that. I, I actually, I'm not a big, I'm not a big mayonnaise fan. I like, you know, to me, it just, I, I agree. You know, it could spoil. Mm-hmm. I, I like potato salad that's not drenched in mayonnaise with olive oil or whatever. But so I'll eat it. But to me, there's other better things to eat on on a barbecue yeah. than potato salad. Like there's too many other things. Go back for a burger, or you know have you know do do your Jimmy Joey Chestnut mm-hmm. impersonation and have another hot dog. That is a hot hotly contested debate, though. I feel like year in and year out is the potato salad or the coleslaw. I'm a mac salad girl by trade. If I had to pick like oh, yeah. something in that vein, um, that's probably where I would go. But as for the marquee meal itself, and we'll get off of this in a moment, but I think it's an important topic to be had on this day. Um, are you more if geared toward the the hot dogs and hamburgers on 4th of July, or are you doing like the barbecue ribs, barbecue no. chicken? No, I mean, we're going to do hot dogs and hamburgers. I've got, you know, and so we have the outdoor kitchen and we'll have, we have a flat top there. So I'll be like working a diner tonight, you know, okay. grilling the hot mm. dogs. I think you got to split the hot dogs down and let the grill kind of take it in and then have the burgers. And if you go to this butcher shop and get the right combination of, of ground beef ratio to fat, 70-30, which is what the uh, – I believe this is what the In-N-Out Burger uses, that ratio. Then, you know, your grill's going to get destroyed with grease, but the burgers are going to taste incredible. Sounds like a dream. Absolutely heavenly. I hope everybody out there is enjoying their 4th of July, listening to us while you're out there on the grill in the 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 afternoon. And it's a beach day today, Stormy. It's an incredible beach day. The water's been warm here on the East Coast. Typically, you know, we don't have warm water until August, but or maybe in July. Mm -hmm. But this year it's been really nice. So hopefully everybody will stay safe and and, and listen to the rip current that's going on out there because it can be deadly. Oh, yeah. Stay safe out there. Absolutely. Have have some fun. Enjoy yourself, but also be aware of your surroundings. Well, we won't get the entertainment today of the hot dog eating contest. Packers president Mark Murphy said he thinks hard knocks is going to be very entertaining this year. Of course, seeing what might unfold with the Jets as it appears they're going to be the selection this year and a lot of former Packers on that team. I, I hope. It, that's the only team that truly made sense in my mind of the four teams that were available here. Everybody wants to see Aaron Rodgers and how they're putting things together this year, right? Well, I think if you're HBO, right, and you go to Roger Goodell and say, look, we're paying you all this money to broadcast this. Give us, you know, and you've set up the rules so that that all these teams can't say no to us, which has happened. Remember, it was a free-for-all, right? You know, they had to beg, borrow, and steal to get a team to do it, and there was no guidelines can you imagine there's actually guidelines to get on hard knocks Mm -hmm. and there's no guidelines to get into the hall of fame think about that for a moment there's no protocols for coaches or players to become a hall of fame player or coach yet there is protocols to get on hard knocks see when you have protocols it becomes a lot easier (laughs) to understand where this all sits right absolutely which is what my new book talks about is why we need protocols for coaches and players. But let's put that aside for a moment and go down this road. Like if you're the HBO and you're saying, look, we don't want the commanders, you know, we, we can't do anything with that. It makes no sense for us. You're going to have a change of ownership. It, it doesn't fit us. So you've got to give us, you have to give us the, the, the jets. You have to. Mm-hmm. 
the qualifications, by the way, um, a head coach not in their first year, hasn't made the playoffs each of the last two seasons, and hasn't been featured on the show in the last 10. And yeah, like, I mean, from a storyline perspective, the Commanders, Bears, and Saints, yes, there's intrigue there, sure, but none more than the New York Jets in this spot. And I'm excited. You know, you see the young guys and how they're going to interact with the old hat and Aaron Rodgers coming in and leading the way. I think from his standpoint, there's potential that that if he plays it right, um, could fare well on how he's perceived from the outside looking in. A lot of people think he's kind of a kooky dude in a negative way, but maybe if you see him in a more natural role and being a leader, that's if a way. If they let you see him that way, right? If they kind of let you see that. And it'll be a, look, it can go two ways. Robert Sala could demonstrate great leadership ability. Or, or he could do and pull a Hugh Jackson and show that he's really not in command. Plus, we'll still be in the honeymoon stage where everybody loves everybody. What I'm curious about with the Jets, whose win total, by the way, nine and a half, and they are, um, you know, a, a pick that a lot of people liked to see if they can make the playoffs this year and take a step forward. What's going to happen once they lose a couple games? What's going to happen yeah, that, when the going gets that's tough? That's going to be fun to watch, yes. So we've talked a lot about hot dogs on the program today. We're going to look at some hot underdogs week one of this year's NFL slate after a quick break. Stay with us on the Lombardi line. This is Visa Neat Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits once again at vcin.com. Plenty of MLB betting splits to go through. Unfortunately, the ones for the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest no longer matter as it has been canceled up there in Coney Island. Some of the Twitter reaction has been pretty interesting, Michael. Um, some folks, <laughs> I can only imagine. Some folks I can post, only imagine. posting the uh, the Nathan's hot dog eating con- uh, eating uh, not Nathan's hot dog eating the Nathan's hot dog like area at Coney Island is like a massive indoor structure. How are we not moving the contest there? Tradition must continue. We survived an entire winter at Valley Forge, but can't outlast one thunderstorm. It's uh, the the reaction on social media has been pretty funny here, but we transition. We transition from hot dogs to yes. what Steph is calling hot underdogs in the NFL. Mm. As we take a look at this week one schedule in 2023, we talked a little bit before the break about yeah. the New York Jets and they are an underdog against the Bills on Monday Night Football week one. We're, of course, starting the season with Lions and Chiefs on Thursday night. Lions, a six and a half point underdog. But um, we can kind of go game to game here or if there's any that really stood out to you um, from yeah. an underdog perspective. Well, I think first let's talk opening weekend, Stormy. So the way the CBA was written and how coaches are approaching it, there are certain teams that – believe in the mounting of the season is built up to something. For example, the Bengals have started off five and four the first two years, Mm. which the last two years with Zach Taylor, and then have run the table. A lot of that is because they don't spend much time in the offseason working with team units. They have a very light training camp, and they feel like they're going to build up to a crescendo by the middle of the season and really take off. And that mindset started with Sean McVay. And if we go to Green Bay and we look at Matt LaFleur's opening day games, he's gotten routed. And I think if you're going to play opening day, I think you've got to put down the coach and their one loss record in opening days. We know Andy Reid runs a hard training camp, so his team will be ready to go Mm -hmm. opening day. We know that John Harbaugh runs a tough training camp. His team will be ready to go opening day. Will they be? Will they win? Will they dominate? Will they cover? That that remains to be seen. But what you want to be able to do is classify games that you're in that area that you can understand the team is ready to play at the highest level that they can possibly play because they're ready for camp. For example, as much criticism as Cliff Kingsbury had gotten over the years, his teams were ready to play opening day. Mm-hmm. Now, they've kind of faded. Last year, they weren't ready to play pretty much most of the season, whereas Mike Rabel's team struggle on opening day. They've lost to Arizona, and they've lost to the Giants at home. And one of those games, when they lost to Arizona, they were coming off a playoff season. Same thing when they lost to the Giants last year. So you've got to see how a team coaches and prepares before you jump into this. Well, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury no longer there, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, but they are a six-point dog at the Commanders. We talked about this game the other day when we were just looking at um, the survivor options for week one and a potential trap game. This maybe could be it because if there's a time that the Arizona Cardinals 
could maybe win a game. It's against maybe a competitor like this and early in the season before you really realize um, you're, you're able to do a little bit, things a little bit different. And people don't know what you're going to be until uh, a little bit later on in the season throughout those early weeks. So that one's an interesting yeah. one. But let's start I off. But do you think, I mean, Stormy, you've been doing this for a long time. How many rookie quarterbacks open up, well, first-year quarterbacks, who quarterbacks who have never played, as a six-point favorite at home? <laughs> True. Think and, about that. And granted, we still don't have a firm set that it's going to be Sam Howell yet. They've said all of the right things with Jacoby Brissett and everything this offseason, but it certainly, I, we know that in training camp, he's going to be the guy to start and they're going to go from there. Um, and I agree with you. It's a weird, weird situation that we see there, but that just goes to show how bad the Cardinals are expected to be, um, whether it's the early season or just throughout the year in general, their win total sitting at four and a half. And most people like that under at this point. Let's kind of go down the list, though, starting with that opener on Thursday night football, because you mentioned Andy Reid and his ability to get teams ready in the offseason. They are still coming off of a Super Bowl win. It's going to be banner day at Arrowhead. Uh, is there any chance for maybe a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover potentially type of a thing? Plus this, uh, Little little sneaky note here for the Lions. Jared Goff, great week one cover guy. 6-0 ATS the last six years. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, we know this, right? So what do we know that we can take from last year into this year? We know the Chiefs are not a great cover team, right? The Chiefs probably will have a 10-point lead, but will they be able to cover this at the back end? Seven's a lot of points, right? I think this is a game that if you're going to take, you take the points. Are the Chiefs going to be good enough on defense? Will their secondary hold up? You know, will Goff get affected by the pressure? You know, how's he? You know, we know this about offensive lines, and this is one of my big beliefs. Bad lines don't travel. Good lines do. And Detroit has a good offensive line. They can protect. And if they give t Goff time, I think this will be this could be a little bit of a track meet. Look, Detroit the last two seasons, San Francisco at home and Philadelphia at home have scored I think almost 40 points in both those games opening up. I mean, they've played track meets. And so they're ready to go and last year Campbell, I mean, that Philadelphia game was back and forth and mm -hmm. it was at home and Philly found a way to win it late and they closed it out. They kept the ball away, but uh, my instincts tell me the points and the way the Chiefs are not a typically great cover team, I would take the underdog in the points here. Yeah, and, and maybe an over as well, although that number is for 54 and a half. But the Chiefs expected to be the highest power rated team for most people as you come into this season. Uh, we know that they're a high-flying offense, but the Lions were uh, significantly improved on offense last year, one of the top in the league. How about this line for the Browns and Bengals? Yeah, I this is a game I, I'm – I really talk. This is one I like. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just it's a little bit of an odd number. I feel like the Browns getting just two and a half points taken on the Bengals in this spot and Cincinnati with people having such high expectations for them on paper. It seems short, but yeah. I know you're it's you're high on the it, exactly exactly. It, it's a trap game. And, and the book knows that the Bengals are not a good opening day team. Now, they won two years ago. They beat Minnesota. Remember in overtime? And then last year, do you remember with the great Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback and he was turning the ball over at a rapid rate? You know, the Bengals still were able to not able to come. Burrow had five turnovers, I think, in the opening day game. I mean, I, I think the Steelers had like 180 yards of total offense in that game. But this goes to my initial point when we started this block is a lot of this is due to the fact of they're not getting their team ready for September. They want this to kind of gradually build up. 
-hmm. You know, like Atlanta. I mean, last year they had New Orleans beat in the opener. I think Arthur Smith will do a really good job. So he would be one. Stefanski last year struggled down in Carolina. They won the game, but it took like a 54-yard field goal to win that game. They kind of gave up the fourth quarter. So I think the book has said we know Zach Taylor doesn't play well opening day. We know there's a lot of moving pieces. And the Browns have a lot to prove playing at home. And the Browns have given the Bengals trouble in Cleveland. So I think that's why this line's so short. What do you think about this Patriots plus four and a half against the Eagles? Because I feel like four and a half is like the most hated number in, in, yeah. in NFL spread history. But what do you think about well, it? I think the, the Patriots have struggled. They're 0-4 going against quarterback movement, right? So teams that run a six-back offense last year, the, the Patriots were not good at all. That's been their mandate this offseason to fix that problem through the draft, through how they deploy their personnel to get more speed on the field, to get better at coverage, all those things. So, And now they're going to have a time. They're going to have a time to get ready for them. You know, they're going to go practice against Tennessee, practice against Green Bay. Not that they run the same offense, but they will be prepared for opening day. Now, they haven't been great. They've played Miami in opening day games and struggled. Last year, they went down to Miami and, and turned the ball over, played great defense, but still lost 24-14 in a game that really Miami's offense wasn't as explosive as we saw them be at the end of the year. Miami, by the way, opens up against the Chargers, which is another really good opening game. They're getting two and a half in L.A. Like, I feel like, I don't know about you, Michael, but that the NFL did a really good job on making this yeah. week one schedule. There's a lot of intrigue uh, and from a betting perspective, some interesting numbers. I like Miami in that. I, I think Miami will be good in that game. I think they'll be able to to really take advantage of a Charger defense, especially if they, you know, they went out there last year and tried to throw it all over. I think Fangio will make a difference. In that, and I think they'll be able to move the ball more effectively against that Charger team, which they didn't do last year. And you've got to be able to run the ball, prove that they can do it. Spread two and a half, like I said, the early total 49 and a half. Um, and you mentioned earlier, Matt uh, LaFleur and the issues that they have had in openers. Packers getting three, but they're at the Chicago Bears. That's an interesting matchup, too. I, I kind of sneak. I, a lot of good games, Actually, right? I can't bet against the Bears week one. Learned that the hard way with San Francisco last year, so I'm just going to stay away. Can't touch that one with a 10-foot pole. We're going to turn our attention from the NFL to college football when we return. VEASAN contributor and handicapper Aaron Moore will join us next. See his perspective going in to 2023 in college football. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Plus, the top VSIN experts leaderboard now has an opportunity for you to view betting records, profit, and ROI to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, come join us. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Just $19 when you sign up now. You'll also see some selections from our next guest who joins us now, Aaron Moore, writer for us at VSIN.com, sports media professor, also does an excellent job specifically when it comes to handicapping and betting on college football. Aaron, how are you today on the 4th of July? Welcome in. Very good, Stormy. Hope you and Michael are doing well. 
Oh, yes. Hard not to Thank have you, a good Aaron. day on the best barbecue day in the land. Um, but appreciate you <laughs> joining us today. And let's start before we um, get into kind of the nitty gritty of this college football season. A little bit big picture. We're just a couple weeks away from conference media days getting underway and people really starting to get geared up for college football. Georgia is once again favored to win this thing altogether for a third time, which would be incredible. A lot of the usual suspects at the top of the odds board, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. But it, I don't know about you. It feels like maybe there could be a door open for some unique and different teams to make their way into the college football playoff this year. Uh, like big picture, how do you feel about this season? And do you think Georgia could really do it and win another one? Well, I think, Stormy, what you're saying, usual suspects, that's the first place to start with a handicapping approach that we've seen now enough body of work with the college football championship over the first few years that you have to start almost a pecking order. There's almost a uh, paint-by-numbers approach to handicapping the national championship. You have to start with Georgia. Are they going to win or not? They're certainly low-priced at plus 200 or so, but you got to include them in there. You have to think they're going to be in there. And then we're going to take the next step. we got to think the Big Ten winner is going to be in there. So we're looking at either Ohio State or Michigan most likely. So very likely we're heading into the season thinking that we have an idea of who those two teams are. And then we start breaking it down a little bit more, and it might be where an unusual suspect like TCU could sneak in, but then you have to look at, is there another SEC team? Can it be Georgia and Alabama? Can it be another SEC team like Tennessee? And then once we look at that, and then we look at, it sounds strange after the last couple of years, but can Clemson make it? Can they be the unusual suspect, so to speak? Then we look at the Big 12. Is there another Big 12 team out there that can make it? The Pac-12 and then we include Notre Dame. So we look at that pool. It's not a big pool to begin with. So I think it's hard to see another TCU coming in. But from what I look at, and I'm handicapping, I, I like Clemson to come back into that final uh, playoff picture where they haven't been the last couple of years. And if that means they're unusual after what's happened, I like Clemson to come in. You know, I, I see Alabama's plus 600. I don't know. Who is their starting quarterback, Aaron? Will it be Jalen Milroe or will it be Ty Simpson or will it be someone else? And, you know, one last year they were not, the, you know, Nick made changes offensively and defensively to his coordinators. They were not the typical Alabama defense. So uh, understanding that, who is your favorite to play quarterback for Alabama this year? I think if we look at it, Michael, that we, we have to start with the idea that it's Milrow because he got some playing time last year. And if you look at it from a coaching perspective, that let's say he doesn't start with Milrow and he does one of his other options, then you have to go back to Milrow. You go back to the guy you bypassed, who you would think would be the starter coming in there. So I would just think from a depth chart standpoint, from an uh, organizational standpoint, you start with Milrow. They have such a good team otherwise. McClellan can certainly do the running game. They have a very good defense. I think if what Saban looks at is can Milrow be good enough? He's not going to be Bryce Young. Can he be good enough? And what I saw last year, I, I was pretty impressed with it. So you have to think that he's got the athleticism to do it. And hopefully for Alabama's standpoint, he has a little bit of experience. Uh, I know, Aaron, in talking to you the last couple of seasons, you like to hone in on specific conferences and, you know, even more so 
those mid-major kind of smaller leagues that don't have as much of an eyeball on so that you can catch an edge in a way. Is there um, a conference in particular that you're paying the closest attention to or where you wanted to start this offseason? Yeah, and Stormy, that's a, uh, to me, that's the best way to approach it. If you are going to handicap, you need to really micromanage, so to speak, focus on a particular conference. I like to start at the bottom, so to speak. Everybody's talking SEC. Everybody's talking Pac-12, Big Ten. So I look a little bit different. And what I focused on this year is Conference USA, a much different conference. They lost UAB, UTSA, North Texas. So it's a conference in flux. They have Western Kentucky, who's done well last year, certainly. But now they have a new independent, Liberty, coming in. And that's the second team on the board. And I like Liberty plus 225 to win that conference championship because you're getting a team that has done very well on the independent side. Now they're coming into Conference USA. They have a new coach, in Jamie Chadwell, who did great at Coastal Carolina. So I think there's a little bit of a value if you look to take a different road than those roads of the Big 12, the Pac-12, the uh, ACC that so many handicappers focus on. So I start at the bottom, and I do like Liberty as the second shot on the board at 225. And we see a bunch of teams moving to the Big 12. We've got US, USF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU, which was an independent, and now they're in the Big 12. Uh, what will that impact the Big 12 as we move forward? We still have Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 waiting to go to the Southeast, what, next year? Next year, yeah. And, Michael, this is a good way of looking at the Big 12 this year in this era of conference realignment. It's like every year becomes a new era of conference realignment. But those big boys are moving next year. If you look at Conference USA, for example, those teams are already gone. That's why I like a Liberty to step in there. But the Big 12 with those new AAC teams coming in, they still have Texas and Oklahoma at the top. So what's going to happen is I think you're going to see those new teams and they're going to be more slotted for the middle, the bottom, BYU, for example, that next year without Texas, Oklahoma, I think that Big 12 looks much differently. And then you put those teams into context. But this year, it's still very likely going to be a Texas, Oklahoma shootout, so to speak, for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, a lot of realignment on the horizon. I'm very curious to see how the San Diego State situation plays out, too, where they send the notice that they're thinking about leaving the, the Mountain West. They plan to, but then they had to withdraw that, and now the Mountain West is coming for them, saying you owe us $17 million. so that's going to be an interesting situation. Obviously, the plan thought process was to join the Pac-12, but with them not having their media rights agreement figured out to this point, you can't do that. Uh, it's a whole thing. To go back, though, to Conference USA here briefly, because they have a couple teams that are making that jump from FCS to FBS in Jacksonville State and CM Houston State, two programs that enjoyed a lot of success at that lower level, maybe too obvious a question here, Aaron, but we saw James Madison have a lot of success last year jumping into the Sun Belt, and oddsmakers had a little bit of a hard time early in the season getting a grasp of who they were going to be, end up being 8-3 and three at the FBS level. What's your expectation for those two teams in Conference USA making the jump? Yeah, you know what, Stormy, I'm going to go more a, a little bit longitudinal and say what James Madison did last year was fantastic, and they really did challenge. But there is a clear pecking order in college football in terms of recruiting, in terms of the players you bring in, in terms of the facility. So those uh, the Jacksonville State's making that type of jump up 
even though they're jumping to the lower level, I still think there's a big difference in terms of Western Kentucky and Liberty, just because Western Kentucky has dominated that conference recently, that they have the establishment behind them, so to speak. They have the way of that conference. They know how to play those games. They know the travel. I think that really does work heavily in their favor. And I think we're going to look at James Madison as almost an outlier as to say, wow, what they did was great, but I don't think you're going to see that too often. Uh, Aaron, real quickly, we only have about a minute to go. Give us a sleeper Heisman Trophy winner. You know, I'm once again, Michael, looking at it a little bit differently, as we just talked about with the national championship. Who's the Heisman Trophy winner likely going to be? It's likely going to be a quarterback on one of the top teams. So you see those numbers, like a Caleb Williams, 6-1, to one, very difficult to bet. I'm going to look at it a little bit differently as we were talking about Alabama. I like Chase McClellan as an option. He's a little bit higher priced in that 50 to one range or Travion Henderson at Ohio state, the running back, both of those two teams should be challenging for a national championship. And they have certain question marks at quarterback. So because of those question marks and the talent and what those talents or what that talent can do for those teams in terms of a national championship, I'm going to go a little bit different and look at the running backs on those teams instead of the quarterbacks. Really, really awesome insight, Aaron. Aaron. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good fourth. Yes, you as well. Um, Really, really good insight there. And similar thought process, Michael, to what we had of MVP, of scattering your money a little bit and seeing how you can walk away profitable regardless. We got a quick break. Wrapping things up on the Lombardi line next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, planning a trip to Vegas, remember you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. These two hours have gone by in a flash. We're wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. Right? It has been. It's been a fast show today, but fun. Lots of stuff. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, you know, I want to ask you, you know, you cover college football closely. You do it every weekend. Uh, do you have a sleeper Heisman Trophy winner? Not yet. I haven't dug deep enough, I feel like, into that market to make some selections yet. But in terms of, like, league odds and stuff like that, I'm really interested in the Pac-12. And I know we talked about that a yeah. little bit with um, with Will Hill earlier in the show. But there are a number of teams, I think, could contend for a Pac-12 title this year or at least go over win totals. I am a huge fan of Oregon State and what Jonathan Smith has done to resurrect that program the last handful of years. They bring in DJ Uyunglele at quarterback, see if he can have a little bit of a resurgence and a change of scenery. I'm a huge fan of Washington and Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr. Like, and and maybe maybe that's a play in the Heisman Trophy odds that could be a little bit interesting at 15 to 1. That's where I was going, Stormy. If you like, if you like a, a sleeper, right? We, everybody's going to think, but just say Washington wins the Pac-12, and DeBoer's got this team going because I don't think people understand how great a program Washington had been. Don James. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is historically a great program, and if they win, and they win the Pac-12, and they get into that Final Four, I mean, and, and it's going to be because Penix has this incredible season and. We know this. People look at Penix and they say, wow, you know, what makes Caleb Williams better than Penix? I I think Mm -hmm. it's worth a conversation. And so that's where I was going with it. I I think Washington can be a sleeper team in the Pac-12. I think Washington's really good. I think DeBoer's an outstanding coach. And I think Penix is is an outstanding quarterback as well. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I like that number at 15 to 1, too. And you look at the 11 and 2 season that Washington had a year ago. The two losses were wonky midseason losses, and they've got to be looking back on this season like what a missed opportunity we had. You lose back-to-back weeks in uh, last week of September and early October at UCLA and at Arizona State in one-score games. It's uh, yeah. like crazy that that's what ruined I mean, the Arizona State one should so that bad. should never happen. Forty-five that, that to thirty-eight, bad so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like Arizona. I mean, they're a little bit. Arizona's not as good, obviously, as Washington. But the, some of these teams that you know, UCLA, they just can't get mm-hmm. the defense and the offense to play with the with the same style and the same manner week in to week out, and that affects them. The same thing with USC. I mean, USC struggles at times with this as well. Yeah, and and we talked uh, earlier in the show about kind of different ways to approach the college football season as well from a betting perspective. And like I personally. 
I love the Pac-12 and I love the Mountain West. And so those are two leagues that I really, really dive into as much as humanly possible. I've, I've gotten the good opportunity, like you referenced, to cover a lot of college football, and I've done a lot of Pac-12. So knowing coaches, knowing players, having those you know behind-the-scenes interviews have helped me a lot when it comes to betting a lot of those teams on weeks that I'm not covering them. And that's a good food for thought, too. Like we talked about with Aaron Moore a moment ago, which will lead to our pro tip of the hour, and we do these every single day here on the network, but that as a better, that's a really smart way to approach this college football schedule. Become a specialist in just a couple of leagues. Um, make that process of elimination for you to decide on games even smaller. It's going to be way easier to handicap. If you're trying to pay attention to all 120 plus teams in college football, you're going to miss information. It's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be way too time consuming as well, but try to find your edge becoming a specialist in some of these conferences. No question. I, and I think that's exactly look one thing. I think the main betting tip that we can give here at Visa on our betting network is Elimination is critical. Just like most people think scouting is about finding talent. No, scouting is about eliminating people from what the categories are. And I think the same thing in betting. If you can handicap two conferences really well, that gives you 24 teams. That That's a lot of teams, and you're going to have a hard time. And then, you know, you've got to be able to look at some of the – the one thing I think you want to find an advantage of is where can you – be even or a lot, slightly ahead of the book, mm-hmm. right? You're, you have to zig while the book zags, right? The book knows the Southeast Conference. The book's going to be really good on the Big Ten. You're not going to get an advantage on a number in those conferences. But where you may get an advantage is in the MAC mm-hmm. because they're slow to react. How bad is this team or how good is this team? And I think that's where you have to really spend a lot of time. Also, something good to know, since we were talking with Aaron Moore about the Conference USA, similar to the MAC this year, they're going to be playing a lot of those weekday games from weeks five to nine. The entire league is going to be yeah. playing games on, on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So just be prepared for that this college football season. VEASAN Pro Tips, available at VEASAN.com. You can search them by sport and by show. I want to close out today's show, Michael, with a wonderful soundbite from ESPN's Brian Windhorse talking about the importance level of Tyrese Maxey remaining with the 76ers. Take a listen to this, my friend. Sixers are wanting to be known is that they are not going to trade Tyrese Maxey. They have made this clear to various people over the recent days. They are also not going to extend his contract, which we're going to get into in a second. They want you to know that you can't have Tyrese Maxey. Prime Michael Jordan is available. Don't call. 25-year-old LeBron James is available. Lose our number. Giannis Antetokounmpo says, I want to be a sixer. If Tyrese Maxey is the ass, just keep walking. Tyrese Maxey, I have been assured, will not be traded, okay? I know that three and a half minutes is not nearly enough time to give you to go on this one, but what would you think, Michael? Well, I think he's going off an extreme. I mean, <laughs> I, I think what they're basically saying is they're not going to trade Maxi. Maxi's not being a part of the of any Dame Lillard conversation. I think the bigger the bigger issue is the reason they're not extending him isn't because they don't like him. It's because it gives them cap flexibility. Now, he was the same reporter that said the reason they're not extending him is because he's going to be a trade. So obviously, somebody from the 76ers called him directly because he first reported that the, the reason for the trade, the, the no extension, was maybe he's going to be in a trade. Somebody from Philadelphia called him and said, yeah. look, 
we are not true. And they corrected him. And you could see he's being a little bit of a smart aleck with his commentary there about if Michael Jordan's available, they're not trading him. Well, obviously, that's ridiculous. But the point here is they are going to build around Maxie. And why not? Why would they give up Maxie, who's a 6'2 guard, for Damon Lillard, who's a 6'2 guard, who's 33? There's 10 years difference. Maxie shot 42% from the three-point line last year. I mean, I'm not saying Maxie's as good as Lillard, but he could be the next Lillard. Who knows? Yeah, I think, I, I think to me that's where it is. The, the bigger issue, though, Stormy, is is Maury is – it's now coming out. Woj reported this, that Harden's chances of coming back to Philly are a lot better than being traded. We just keep adding on to the intrigue of your team, Michael, truly. With, with the Tyrese Maxey side of this, though, like I wonder how much of this is – like, does Joel Embiid really, really like Tyrese Maxey and that's important for him to keep? Is it a negotiation tactic? We know this time of year there's a lot of posturing going on. Or right. or is it like a situation where, like you said, Tyrese Maxey is just younger. He's a, a good shooter. He's a good guard. But also, like, 22 points per game versus 32 points per game with Dame is a little bit different as well. But if you're a win-now right. team, that's the only reason I think that Dame would make sense because you want to – take full advantage of the guys that you have on your roster right now and Joel Embiid when he's in his prime. Right. But I mean, let's go back to the numbers, right? Dame's averaged 32, but he took more shots than anybody. He, you know, I mean, could Maxi have averaged 32 if he would have gotten all the shots that Dame got? I don't know. But I think to me, what Philly's saying is, is we need Maxi around here to be part of whatever happens once we try to make this run. And if we don't make the run, Maxie's going to be a centerpiece. Yeah, Maxie's going to be a big part of the future. That's why the 76ers, you see them a 10-to-1 shot on the DraftKings odds board to land Damian Lillard. The Miami Heat still a $3 favorite. Um, but that's going to be a situation we're just going to have to wait and see play out because we talked about it a lot the last few days. The trade packages that Miami could put together for Dame are not going to be enough, you would think, nope. for what Portland's going to want back. So. Um, They're going to have to trade heroes somewhere to get picks to then use those picks to go get Lillard. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny, Michael. We come in here every day thinking we're not going to have a lot to talk about because it's the off season and what's it's, going on. And yet we are locked and loaded every day. Every week. It's been a great 4th of July to spend with you, Stormy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Yes. Thanks for some fun. Enjoy the barbecue. Send me pictures. I'm very envious of your backyard <laughs> setup. That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. But keep it locked on VEASAN all day long. VEASAN best bets coming up after this. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 